Welcome back to the Trekway, where we're now recording and not streaming, as I accidentally pressed on before. <laughs> uh, you will, you, you join Grey Knight as we come back for uh, another review episode of Star Trek Lord Decks, Season 3, Episode 9, titled Trusted Sources. Um, we have both watched this, and Grey and I are not too happy with it. Grey's given it a 5 out of 10, I've given it a 6. Um, it's went downhill since the DS9 episode, Grey, hasn't it? Yeah, like, like I was mentioning the uh, seven, I usually give on average the entire se seasons, all of them around seven out of ten. I'm, I like it, but I'm not overly thrilled, but it, it's good. Yeah. Um, but with the DS9 got a ten because it was really good top to bottom. But since then, we've done like three more shows and it's like a four or five. It's been slowly going down, three. hasn't it? And I'm like, what's going on? I was sitting there going like this. Is, I mean, there's still the moments and there's still good funny moments, but it's just it's just, I don't know, man. It's just like they blew out everything after that, that episode. And there's nothing is that good. what you think it is? You think they've just used the, the, the ace up their sleeve a bit too early, they peaked a bit too early, or, and or the writing's not the same? Because we're proving that the writing can be excellent. Sure. I mean, any, any show could be excellent. You know, I mean, occasionally you might have a show that might be, uh, you know, a little lower in quality than, than typical, but not this low. I mean, come on. Consistently low. Exactly. Yeah. And I think sometimes I, I, I wonder whether they feel, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm not trying to blame them, but what I'm saying is, it, is that you can use the excuse that it's a cartoon show. Well, you know, it's an animated comedy. It's an animated cartoon. So that gives you carte blanche to get away with garbage. And I, yes. I'm sorry, maybe I'm, maybe I'm looking too much into it, but I think it's true. I think you can get away with stuff and just say, well, it's a cartoon show, man. You know, I'm like, okay. I it's mean, but even right. with even with regular cartoons, I mean, it's got to have a certain amount of quality or or or, or consistency to it. QA I mean, it really great quality been. assurance. It's not done obviously yeah. enough in that respect, mm -hmm. you know. Um, yeah, it's safe to say it's not. It's been very underwhelming for several weeks. Very much like my football team, Gray, as I mentioned before. But that's another story. <laughs> um, so, but it, 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 hopefully the finale comes good. We will get one more episode to go. So please finish on a seven out of ten at least. That would be great. Uh, but we'll kick it off, Gray. Um, with this episode here, um, the Cerritos is kind of doing what its initial mission was, but it seemed to die a little bit, and it happened maybe the once or twice, and it stopped. And that was the the second contact, the the follow up to the first contact that your Picards, your Janeways, right. your your Cisco's, and whatnot will will usually do. Um, I think in this case they called it Project Swing By, which I like. Project Swing mm -hmm. By, it makes sense. Um, they have to go to um, a planet called Anara. Now, Gray, this was, um, you've noted here, and thank you for this. Picard visited this uh, first the uh, 17 years prior, um, and they're, they're taking a journalist along with them called Victoria. Now, what I wanted to ask you was, you've mentioned the, the, the episode it was TNG season 1 episode uh, 22 sim symbiosis I don't recall that episode so I'm glad it did happen do you recall it vividly 
I mean, uh, enough. enough. And they kind of they they do kind of explain it in this episode. So I, I thought they made up. No, 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 no. Nope, was it was pretty much true. So they explained it in this episode of more or less what happened, and that's that is true. Yeah. So, but I don't want to give that away because that's coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, I'm really glad that uh, even sometimes when it's not the best of writing the Star Trek, that at least they know they have got so much canon and so much story mm. to play on if they play nicely and properly with the rule book. They have so much resource. They're not. It's just not as if they're starting off uh, a brand new show with very little to draw on. Uh, they've got so much to draw on and improve on, so, but yet sometimes they they'll keep making a mistake of it. Um, I mean, to be honest, they do a lot of homage stuff to the other series yeah, in this show. Yeah, true. And, on, and they do a lot of it on purpose because they can always drop a line and it, and it ends up being funny. So that's become kind of a, a staple for this show. So I expect it. You yeah. know, I expect them to drop a little things. And that's cool. That's the, part of what I like about the show. The journalist grave, Victoria, do you recall seeing her before at all? Or is that was that new to you, that journalist? Then to me, it's new. I, I mean, I don't know. There's so many Easter eggs sometimes, but that's new to me. Good, right. Okay, I wasn't maybe sure she'd been in a previous, like, next mm -hmm. gen or something. So, no, that's fine. So, uh, yeah, it's the uh, Spanish Admiral. I can never remember his name again. That's uh, back on again. Yeah. And he's... Neither do I. Yeah, it's <laughs> a name. I, I'm not even trying to pronounce it because I'll butcher it and we'll have all the Span Spanish listeners and viewers that we have hating us. So I don't want to do that. Um, but I like him anyway. Um, he's not as cool as the Dadmiral which you don't know about. He's season three and four of Discovery. When you meet him, he's like the dad that you want to have. That's why we call him the Dadmiral. Um, okay. But yeah, so he's given them this mission, this swing by. One condition, they take a reporter with them because they want to document it and to show the whole Starfleet and Federation what's going on. Um, I had a chuckle after this because <laughs> uh, because Freeman's concerned the ship is in a bit of a state, you know, almost like it's not quite the cleans bedroom that the son told the mother it was. It was actually still a little bit of a mess. That's because yep. it's the Cerritos and we've got messy ensigns. Um, she orders it to be cleaned up. Uh, the senior crew laugh and don't take it seriously, but then she gets really pissed. Um, <laughs> they flee. They flee to carry out uh, her orders with uh, Doctor Cat, aka Tiana, saying, "Oh shit, she's serious and bleeping it out again." You had a chuckle at this scene as well, Gray, don't you? Because oh, it's yeah. her favorite character swearing and cursing and doing what she's best at. Yeah, I like it. She she led the whole group when she just stood up and she goes, "Oh shit, you're she's serious." <laughs> and then when they're all running out of the room, you you hear a scared howl from a real cat. She was great. She saves that show, but see, see when it right. This show wasn't great. You gave it a five. I gave it a six. See, without funny moments like that from people like Shax and people, especially like Tiana, it might drop to a five or a four or something. Oh, yeah. You know, Easily. then you're like, well, then, then it's not funny. Then it's just a poor comp, uh, animated show. Right, exactly. If not for some of the the one liners, some of the some of the scenes like that, some of the homage stuff that they drop here and there, it would definitely drop at another number easily. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm glad yeah. we we, and I get they're not main characters, but use the senior crew enough. I don't want to see mm -hmm. several episodes where we barely ever see them. So yeah, um, they run the flee for their lives to start uh, scrubbing the place up. Um, the our, our favorite ensigns, they get a, a shift change 
um, by uh, Freeman because she wants to basically keep them out of the way. She knows their trouble. She wants to make sure that they can't be in the way when they are when the reporters on board because she's going to give up Suritos a bad name. Um, uh, <laughs> Beckett challenges this. Now, I don't know if they took this a bit too far, Gray, because the whole time she's challenging this and complaining, she's covered in pie sauce, blueberry yeah. pie sauce, because they're going to do a pie-eating competition, aren't they, which they find out is cancelled. Right, but that, the cancellation comes later, but she's, I guess, practicing for the pie-eating, so she's all got blueberry gook all over. And that's okay, but they kept playing up the blueberry gook everywhere she went. Yeah, so too long. No matter what she was doing or who she was talking there to. There was blue sauce everywhere. What room. There was blue. Right. I'm sitting there going like, eh, it's, it's not funny the first time. Not funny anymore <laughs> after that. Use it once initially. Yeah, see, this is a, your comedy yeah. show. Know when to use comedy, please. And don't overuse it. Exactly. Um, but it's cancelled. She's a bit gutted about it. Uh and I can't remember. I think it's maybe her that... Yeah, it is. It's Becky that says, it's all right, guys. There's plenty to do around here that doesn't end in sugary diarrhea. Well, <laughs> <laughs> she's spot on. We've all been there as, as youngsters eating too much. And then before you know it, it's game over. Um, yeah. We move on to uh, poor Rutherford. Now, Rutherford's a bit gutted about this cancellation of the pie-eating competition, which is hilarious. I mean, only the bloody Cerritos has silly events on it. This would never happen in the Enterprise. Um, <laughs> that we know of. Well, exactly. <laughs> For all we know, Picard's a massive pie-eater. We'll never know. Um, poor Rutherford's a mess because of this cancellation. Um, and he, he basically walks into whatever lounge it's on, and finds it's all the signs have been taken down and the bunting and the banners and stuff. And he's like, oh, man, he says, if I can't get a pie, uh, then the officer basically beside him will need to stun him. You know, like, and the officer's like, no, don't make me do it. And he rips off his shirt like, yeah, just do it, stun me now. Uh, and then well, you what's put, funny is when the guy goes, like, it's a, don't make me do it, he actually pulls his face around. Yeah, he's like, oh, he pulls his shirt, no, go for it. And I'm like, what? And then you, you mentioned here after, uh, Boimler says, what was your mum thinking? This is the biggest crew, of the, crew night of the year, not including Ponfar. I did remember <laughs> that comment. I just, I don't know why I didn't put it in, Gray, but I'm glad you put it in because, yeah, Ponfar, man. Oh, I'd love to go to Ponfar party. I would, yeah, I'm, yeah, I know. I'm that's, after, uh, that's after 18 uh, certificates. So. Yes. So you can imagine, like, if they have, like, seven or eight or nine Vulcans and they all go into Ponfar at the same time. It's like, oh, no. That, that's, there's a word for that, uh, Great, It's called an orgy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very logical uh, one, though. Yeah. A oh, God, great. I'm, I'm sacking you for that. Actually, no, that was pretty good. I'll give you that. Uh, yeah. Right. Now, the, the next bit, I had a massive chuckle at. This is when they use humor well. I just wish the quality mm -hmm. of the story was better. Uh, everyone's talking to the reporter, Victoria, right? Uh, and they're doing the rounds. She's doing the rounds of everyone. At one point, they go to Cetacean Ops, and they're speaking to the two dolphins. I can't remember the bloody names, Gray. Uh, but they're, yeah, speaking to, they're, they're speaking to the dolphins, and they're like, is Gray here? What are you saying? Like, this is, this is the first ship where they've had unlimited fish. They love it. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then they basically say, you know, well, they're having unlimited fish when they're not charting stars. They're partying all the time. I'm just, and they've got like the blower <laughs> things, the party blowers and stuff. I'm just like, yeah. I love the dolphins, man. More cetacean ops because I think they're just epic. 
Um, see, now I would love to see an episode. I mean, there was an episode where they used the dolphins a little more, but I would love to see them mainly focused on them saving yeah. the, saving Just the Cerritos the, yeah. or something. Don't know how they've so got one tank of water, but you know, and flappers see, the thing hands. Is, instead of doing the uh, the episode they did with the uh, peanut hamper, which I hated, I would love to see <laughs> the two dolphins instead. I mean, that they're could hilarious. Be Peanut hamper's yeah. just annoying. We have a word here, Gray, that you've you know about, but we have a word here in Scotland that said nippy, N I P P Y. When someone annoys you, you just nip at you all the time. Hence nippy, um, and that's peanut hamper. Uh, whereas yep. dolphins are just like I want to, I want to go swimming with those guys and have a pint and a drink and have a good time. Um, <laughs> and who says dolphins aren't intelligent and smart? Star Trek proved it. Um, that's right. One of the other people that Victoria's interviewing great um, is ke- <laughs> is the commander um, and Ransom. Commander Ransom, he's been a bit creepy. He's flirting with her. Um, I've forgotten he was a bit of a sleaze bag. Actually, he hasn't he hasn't done that for a while. Gray, he's actually been focusing more on ripping off his shirt and flexing. Um, and right. I forgot he was actually a bit of a sleazy guy. And he does actually flirt with women. Uh, she's not interested. Safe to say. Yeah. She closed down the the, uh, the whole interview real fast. Well, that's <laughs> she <Fred>. did. <laughs> cut, cut. Done here. Not here. Not happening today, friend. Um, <laughs> back on the planet, um, the locals, um, they beam down, the crew beam down. Everything seems to be amazing first, like, straight off. Like, there's no... To give you an idea of what happened originally, a tiny bit of backstory, um, not from remembering TNG episode, but from the episode of Lord Dex itself, um, that's this planet was basically supposed to be recovering from a drug addiction that their sister planet would just to give them uh, supplements and stuff all the time. Uh, and then they, they basically just cut it off, Picard cut it off. And then it's the cold turkey thing. Um, and they thought they would beam down. It might be a bit of a mess. They might need to render some help. But everything seemed fine. Uh, buildings looked fine. There were people walking about smiling, smiling happy. What's, what's going on here? Um, they speak to the locals. And they're like, you know, do you need do you need some help? And like, no, we're fine. No, no. I mean, honestly, look here, yeah, we've got some murals. Yeah. Get murals yeah. of the Enterprise D, and I, I love that it. it's a picture of cutting them off uh, from the drugs. And then there's another yeah. mural beside there of like zombies freaking out, like a kid's <laughs> drawn it. They're, they're angry. Going, That's a cold turkey and going crazy. Here's what's happened here. They're not happy. Um, and it turns out now, Gray, the locals are now addicted to uh, fitness. And that's when Ransom went up. Was like, yeah, well, how much do you bench then? And they're like, no, it's not about what we bench. And he's like, well, I bench such and such myself. You know, flex. Yeah, like I bench two fifty. Cracking me up here. And you like to you like the scene uh, just after immediately with the the captain and the admiral Gray. You noted down here. Yeah, Captain Freeman calls the admiral because there's nothing for her to do, and it's not very <laughs> exciting for the reporter because you know she has nothing really to report. So he calls. She calls up the admiral, walks away from the rest of the people, calls the admiral, and says. You know, things are so good here. I, I don't know what to do. And the admirals go complaining because things are too good. And he said they need something to go wrong so that they got something to report. So then Freeman says, and this is another uh, line dropper homage to uh, the original series. She goes, well, we could always go back to Beta 3. Those people could have fallen for Landrew again. And this was a line. I went over my TOS. head. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go over my head at all because I, you know, I know the T- TOS. So, so an original series, season one, episode 22, was called The Return of the Archons. And in that episode, the people were walking around kind of like they're all happy, but they're in like a drunken uh, or a drug-induced kind of happiness or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And basically, they were b- listening to 
their leader, Landrew, and they ended up finding out that eventually Landrew was a computer that's been running for 6,000 years that was built by the original Landrew. And so those people were, 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 on, were, were, were basically paying off their, everything they can to this one leader to call Landrew, but mm-hmm. they're always in such a drunken stupor of just going, Landrew, Landrew, that it was just like, utterly crazy. So they, got, they had to get cut off from Landrew. So the whole reference to it was funny because when she's going like, well, they they must have fallen for Landrew again. Let's go check that out. So it was hilarious if you really know the episode. It, it's that much funnier. See, so that, I really picked up on that right away. That's the thing, Gray. Right? Let, let's touch on that for a moment. So we, we mm-hmm. mentioned before that you know the the these writers obviously know their stuff because they're dropping in little nuggets that I see I didn't know about that because I probably watched the episode a long time ago but well and truly forgotten great it's a lot fresher on his mind because it's one of his favorite uh, series spoiler for that special coming up soon um and the fact is the writing still despite that sometimes sucks I think potentially great that might be because we've maybe got too many Star Trek nerds on the writing staff you need to balance it hear me out mate I think you know where I'm going with this say you have 10 writers Five, mm-hmm. No more than five can be hardcore Star Trek geeks. You then need another five that ideally haven't seen Star Trek and are neutral. They, they, they talk, and the good writers say to the, the, the Star Trek nerds, they go, right, you're putting in all the facts, the Star Trek nuggets, but this is how we play this scene to make it make sense and to make it be of a good quality and standard. But the truth is reverse. Where the, the hardcore writers are doing great stories, but you're like, where's the Star Trek stuff in it? This could be any comedy or any well-written show, but I don't have an yeah. association with it. Do you see where I'm coming from? Yep. You know, it's almost like just because you throw in the little bits that pay homage, which is great, you got to have something around it that's better. I mean, I mean, although it's kind of funny, though, when you look at it, because Deep Space Nine, obviously, was Star Trek all the way through, up and down. And that was a, the best episode of the entire series of you know, it just, it was so well done. There, there's nothing you could Because the homage that. was so real and so in your face. But it, it wouldn't even matter because if they had gone to Deep Space Nine and, and the writing was poor, it yeah. would have been a disaster. We would have still but complained. instead, they had two of the original actors and the writing was just, it was almost as if the writers really had to be on their toes because they knew that if they didn't write this one properly, they were going to get holy hell. Yeah. And so they, they put a lot into it. My My thing is, well, you need to put that kind of effort or at least near that kind of effort in every show. Yeah. And it does, it doesn't show up. Don't, One don't. little thing that was really weird too. And I don't, I, this could be total coincidence, but okay. at the very, at the very beginning, we talked about how they landed on Ornara and how that was in uh, uh, the next generation season one, episode two, 22. Yep. And then the Landrew reference was TOS season one, episode 22. Is it someone's twenty second birthday on the writing staff? Maybe I don't know. Someone's no. That would they be too young? It'd be someone's son or daughter's turned twenty two. Let's put in twenty two. I mean, Here's. I can't believe it was the same episode. You know, first same first season, same episode number as TNG as it was a TOS. It's, it's a coincidence. Only if they do it three times in a row for a hat trick, Gray. That's when they meant yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but no, this the the the, the Star Trek uh, DS Nine episode on Lord Dex with the writing. It's almost as if those writers had been pulled from the DS9 writing yeah. crew back in the day, but were comedy. Yeah. Opinion. I mean, DS9 was probably the funniest of the main series shows, purely because we had Quark and we had people... Uh, yeah. Well, I'd say, though, someone like Quark and Quark's battles with Odo well, and, yes, and the Taylor what? and... 
But see, yes and no, because if you go back on That's both funny TNG scenes. and the original series, there was always a funny episode. That what they was, what was the funniest out, out with uh, Lord Dex thing for you, Gray? The funniest of the live action series? What would you say if I put you on the spot? Uh, on the you're talking well, if we go back to the original. No, all of them, all be... of them, all of them. Look, they're live action. What was the funniest series in general for you? Would you say? Maybe the original wow. series. There was a lot of banter between the top three. I would, I would probably, yeah, I'd probably say the original. Plus, there were some really good episodes that they were funny. The Tribbles was funny. Uh, the episode they did where they're on the planet of the gangsters that the whole planet was locked into that rings the, a bell. The mafia gangsters one, that, and they start. They come up with. They come up with a card game called Fizbin. God, I've forgotten that. <laughs> Everybody knows that one. Shatter just comes up with it off the top of his head. He starts going, we're going to play a game of uh, Fizbin. And he starts, he says, here's how we play it. He gets his accent. Just he, like just, he just comes away with it, does he? <laughs> and then Nimoy has to adopt, a, uh, or Spock has to adopt an accent similar to the 30s gangsters. So it was hilarious hearing Spock trying to imitate the accent. He had to go, yeah, Was this improv? Guys. Was this improv? I, I don't know to be honest with you, but it was but it was great. Oh, it was it was, it was, it was oh. hilarious to see all. I tell you this much, great. Stuff. I have downloaded. I have been watching some of the original series. Obviously, we take my time of it, but I've downloaded a big bunch of it. I've got Paramount Plus for a month trial, uh, because I'll be going places that I will need to watch several episodes. So, and that'll that'll come obviously later on in a few couple of weeks time. Um, and I'll put a lot onto my phone and just literally watch them because I've got a month trial of Paramount Plus as opposed yeah. to download watching them on the internet of bad qualities, which I don't want to do. Uh, so yeah, anyway, we digress, but probably good because this episode was a bit poorer. So we're actually flying through it a bit quicker to be fair. Not a bad thing. Quality over quantity. Um, By the way, I have all I have all the remastered TOS episodes on DVD. I could always give them to you if you needed to. <laughs> Got a DVD put them in player. Your suitcase and, put them in your suitcase and bring them back. <laughs> You're spoiling it, Gray. Yes, I know. I didn't say anything. <laughs> anyway, cut that out and edit it. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, right. So back to the episode. So. Um, everything seems uh, fine on the planet. So the Cerritos, literally then, the plan is between the captain and uh, the admiral, uh, they're going to visit the sister planet, which I thought would be part two or number three, because it's in the same source system, but no, it's got a completely different name. Breca, it's called. Um, uh, en route, because obviously it seems to be further away than it actually is. They're supposed to be sister ships, uh, sister planets on on a, in the same solar system. Yet yeah, seems to take them a little while mm -hmm. from from A to B. Uh, but en route, uh, Victoria, the uh, reporter, uh, she's about to interview uh, Captain Freeman, but <clears throat> Beckett manages to get in for an interview first with her. She basically stands by her door, her mother's door, and goes, "Now I've got a few things I want to say." Let's do it. And we think, oh, oh, the proverbial is going to hit the fan here, right. you know. Right. That's that's what everyone's first thought was. But there's a twist coming up later on about that one. Um, basically, it looks like on paper after this interview, because you don't hear the interview initially, it looks like she's messed things up massively and they made the, the, the Cerritos crew look really silly and, and, and stupid and incompetent. Uh, Beckett's gone too far, according to her mother, uh, Captain Freeman, um, and now, great, she's going to the dreaded Starbase 80. We finally get a bit of info on the dreaded Starbase 80 because it was always a joke. And remember Ransom's face? He's like, no, you're not serious, Captain. No, even he wouldn't do it. He threatened it right. in a previous right. episode, but it was only a threat. 
It was a, a aimless threat. But now she's serious. He's like, oh, you're serious. You really want to send her to Starbase 8? And she's like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. And then everyone's like, wow, because we know, we think we know how bad it is. And it turns right. out it is pretty awful because the people that run it are like very dumb. I think of the uh, Packlids. It's almost as if there was a couple of Packlids <laughs> running it because they're about dumb and one of them has a signage and and he's uh, and he's pullover, doesn't he? That he's given to, to Beckett to wear. He's oh, there's my signage, me dumb dumb. Like, oh my god. Yeah. Um, I love the I love the look of the shuttlecraft. It's this little little tiny tin can. The paint job's all bad on it. Everything's it's like, bad. Oh, it looked like an original. I know it's a day, I know it's a next gen uh, era shuttlecraft, but it easily could have been a first uh, original series. Uh, type shuttle just because it was it, smaller. It was worse than that. I mean, the, the thing was, yeah, the thing yeah, was like yeah. It's like, yeah, it wasn't. It was awful. It was literally they sent the the worst breakdown recovery car that you could ever imagine to take uh, Becca on her way. Um, but they get to, they do get to Brecca just after that. They stop to let uh, Becca off. She's on her way, warps away. They eventually get to Brecca. Uh, Brecker's a mess though. That's the planet. It's the real mess. And uh, this caught me by surprise. And I'm glad they done it, mm-hmm. just not the way they done it later on. Spoiler. Right. Um, the Breen. Remember those guys that wore oh, yeah. the bloody yeah. that wore the Power Rangers helmets, and they were like, you can't understand anything they're saying. They're like they're like futuristic Cybermen dressed in green. You can't hear what they're saying. They're back, and I did like them from. Um, DS9 when we first introduced them to it. I was a fan right. of that. It was good to see them again. They start trying to take out the crew. They're shooting at them. Uh, it's an emergency beam out uh, for all the crew. Freeman returns to the bridge uh, immediately. Uh, what did I put here? Oh, yeah. At the whole time. <laughs> Sometimes my notes confuse me. We get a brief view of the bridge and the, the, the counsellors there, the, the shrink, the birds, the bird right. shrink, if you Apparently, remember that. Yeah, whatever he is. Talking to his mother on the bridge, on the view screen, because he's temporarily in charge. He must be the highest in command at the time. And he's speaking to his mother. And if I'm right in saying, uh, Freeman walks onto the bridge and calls his mother by her name. So he obviously must know her name. He's like, what? what she, can't remember what the name was. What the hell are yeah, you doing well, there? You know, and I found she's yeah. sitting there knitting or something like, you know, and the, the doctor's like, oh, sorry, bye, gone. <laughs> more backstory from the shrink i love it we need to see these this stuff you know um so we've got red alert <clears throat> the the brain are chasing the cerritos uh this can go one of only one way to be honest here you know, it's not yeah yeah not two ways one way um the brain i like this part before we get to the next part gray the brain fire their energy dampening weapon now the, I remember this from back in the day. The Defiant was one of the first ships in, uh, in DS9 to encounter this. They thought they would go into the rescue because it's mighty Defiant, but the shield's getting uh, smashed. I don't remember it draining all the power. I just remember it taking the shields down, but maybe it was mm-hmm. energy dampening in general, and I just didn't pay attention. Uh, the ship loses pretty much all power apart from emergency power. Um, but the bear in mind... As far as I know, the Cerritos doesn't have a blade of hull armor, which the Defiant did, right. and that's what made it survive as long as it did to get the emergency pods away, um, and everyone survived for the most part. Um, and then it blew up. That was a sad day for Defiant, Defiant history. Yeah. Uh, but we know what's coming up now, Gray. Let's say only one thing is going to happen at this stage here. 
and I'll let you chime in with this point as well because it's a big point. The Cerritos, surprise, surprise, is getting, I want to swear here, but I'm not going to, is getting heavily damaged and beat up. And we would say here, pumped. Absolutely destroyed. Again, I put in big brackets here. It's getting a bit ridiculous. A torpedo at one point goes right through the hull. I'm getting vibes of... Uh, Rafa Khan and yeah. sure TNG at some point as well. Um, and Gray's mentioned here as well. He says, right, you know, I'll let you lead the, the line with us, Gray. Like, you, I, you're basically my whole thing is, is when I see when I see this, I instantly get pissed off because this is the fourth or fifth time. It's poor now. writing, isn't it, Gray? Because they're using it as an easy storytelling technique. I mean, how can you do this? It's like, well, I'm started thinking like they must think it's a joke. It's gotten to the point where, oh, yeah, we'll just keep doing it because it'll be like a running joke. But I hate to tell them it ain't a running joke. It's really stupid. So for the fifth, fourth or fifth time, I'm lost count already. So Cerritos is getting pulverized by some kind of enemy or whatever. How many times can you take out a ship in, in as many weeks? It's ridiculous. So this whole thing is just a big joke. And then it gets now it gets a... a or torpedo through the hull, and it's just looking like it's going to blow up any minute. And I'm like, oh, please. It looks battered. That looks one of the worst beatings it's taken since it lost all its and uh, and, hull. And don't give me the excuse of it that it's a cartoon show and this garbage again, because it's just how do you keep repeating the same thing over and over and over and yeah. over and over It's an again? important starship, this. Okay, yes, it's second contact, but in terms of the second tier of ships... It's one of the top dogs. Everyone, people said it previous episodes. Oh, you kidding me? Like when they had the, the the ensigns fighting against one another with the orbs. Remember, it's like you kidding. We, everyone's heard of the Sutos. You guys are amazing. You guys are the best of the rest. And and then yet you're smart. Okay, the Sutos are not my favorite starship, Gray. Right? I've grown to love mm-hmm. it a little bit. It's like one of your child children where you love all your kids. But you've got your favourite one that you don't tell anyone about. And then you've got you love the other one, of course you do. But that's that 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 ship, that person there. I'm not a massive fan of it. The whole whole thing at the bottom is inverted. It's just weird. But it doesn't deserve to get pulverized and humiliated every other week. And it's happened look, since season one, it's it happened. Like seven times. Reliant. <laughs> yeah, well, I thank reliant you for saying what was better. the reliant, uh, the reliant was it reliant class? What was the class of ship though? Was it the reliant well, class? Well the reliant yeah, reliant class, but it had it had the uh the nacelles underneath but not like that they're yeah. much closer to but it had it had that bit in between the nacelles on the top right the top, it was and it, it looked like better this, and yes. then like that yes. and the nacelles were here and it looked fine that much just looks silly it's like it's back to front someone took a ship and went and just but even, it even if that even if that's the case and we understand that and that's the way it is with lower decks and it's not the greatest ship like the enterprise blah 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 treat it with more fine. I, can, I can go along with that i can accept all that but it, i can't accept the ship getting blown to bits five times i mean if it was Starfleet, they would look at it and go like, you all are on review, man. We want you all to come in here. We're going to interview every one of you to find out what is wrong with you people. How do you get destroyed so many times? How do you cost us so much money bringing your ship back into start? Into, into <laughs> if the we, still, if we still had money in this century, we'd be broke now. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just too much, man. And then, the, and, and of course, the last minute they have to get rescued by some ship. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. We'll get to that in a moment. We'll get to that moment, Gray. But yes, the fourth or fifth time the 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 Cerritos is getting smashed again, um, and it's happened several times in season three. Actually, compared to other seasons, one time a season mm. at best, you're allowed to beat up the ship. That's it. Um, right, right. But yeah, no, you mentioned, uh, and sorry to cut you off there before, Gray. I just wanted to add, add that last part in. 
that mm-hmm. they do come to the rescue again, the, the Starfleet. And I didn't like this because, again, whenever the ship gets absolutely smashed and pulverized, it's always another Federation ship to come in and save the day. Um, and so that's a lame because it's again the same storytelling technique, not right. something else that saved them. And maybe a Klingon ship or a Roman ship came in to save the day, or look, look one of those four or anomaly. five times got pulverized. They should have gotten blown to hell and everybody be dead. Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on, it's a fair point to make. Um, that what to mention before the point you were going to make, Gray, was uh, the brain are literally about to board the Cerritos. They're literally outside the windows, about to go in with shacks and that right. stuff. Give no quarters. Get ready. Get ready to fire. You know, shacks down as usual. Yeah, they don't Q-Q take prisoners. They don't take prisoners. Yeah, yeah. yeah no surrender. Um, when the mysterious ship you're talking about comes to the rescue, it's it's uh, the USS Alido. It's a Texas class ship. Never heard of this before. It's one of three new fully automated starships. It basically comes in, and it, do you know what I first thought it was right off the bat until I got a proper look at it, Gray? I thought it was a Prometheus or the Prometheus. I thought it was going to split into three. I don't know if you get that vibe because it's got the kind of yeah, dagger thing yeah. at the front, you know? Um, but I, it basically, this tiny ship, because it's tiny, it's like Defiant class, if not smaller, probably smaller, comes in and wastes, I don't know how many Breen ships, so I'm thinking... Three different Breen ships. Yeah, like and, and the Breen ships are tough. They're not easy to blow up. It cuts through them like wet paper. Like, uh, wet paper. And you're like, what? So yeah. again, lame. And obviously, you can tell us why you don't like this, great. It'll probably be the same reason as me. Well, there's, there's a couple things, but the biggest thing that I didn't like about it is that they called them fully automated ships. So in other words, there's no humans scary uh nobody running the ship period and i'm sitting there going like no because one of the things about starfleet it is fiction okay everybody it's a fictional show science fiction it's it's starfleet it's science fiction and in in the series imagine if the whole series was ships that were all fully automated and there was no humans or beings on any of the ships it would be a boring television show good point good point so they sit there and they introduce this automated ship. Now, it's not to say that logically there would probably be automated ships in uh, in the future, but that's not the point. It's still science fiction, and we want to see ships with people on them. So all of a sudden, these, sh- these ships come in. So I hate that whole thing about bringing the automated ships in. I can understand in Starfleet the automated ships that are kind of like exploring a little bit or, or, give, or, or running the pathway of planets that are far away so, so that the Federation can send... Yeah. Uh, uh, real ships out there. Okay, like that's cool. You know, th- those things happen. I believe there was even uh, automated ships in the original series that were basically just carrying freight. There really was nobody on board. Yeah, that's fine as well. Um, Got their purpose, and that's fine too. But to have a ship come in there that looks like it's uh, uh, like Defiant class uh, strength and just like totally just zipping around and and and, and killing off the Breen like there three warships going- easily. And I'm sitting there going like, no, this is totally ridiculous. And, and, and supposedly now that they've done this, it's in canon. And all I got to say is that's not a good move, writers. And that if it is in <sighs> canon, you need to never do this again. I just um, you, you can't just sit there and introduce this because now it's just like, well, now these ships can just show up, you know, whenever and just take out other ships. And it just doesn't make sense. That that point but, is fully agreed by myself, Gray. I really do fully get behind your point in that one. What I would add to that is... If they are going to do that, and I'm not saying they should, I don't want them to do that again, make it believable. So this ship comes in, it barely, I don't even think it takes a shot, maybe it does, but it's going through, at least let it take a bit of a small pounding at the start, you know, it, it's, it can't be invulnerable. This thing must be made out of the centre of a 
red dwarf or blue dwarf or some bloody star where something's so hard, you know, that you can't get through it. Why does it not take anything? It's not realistic. Three ships just sit back and go fire at me. They're going to fire back. No, well, what if, first of all, the whole point of, of the Cerritos getting attacked is totally ridiculous. So that that premise already is stupid. Okay, for the fourth of the time, we already set that precedent. But now the ship comes in and does what it does. So why didn't they, I can I can get a real simple? I'm not I'm not an amazing writer or anything. Why didn't they just introduce a bunch of a couple of ships that are yes automated, but basically don't do anything and don't attack and just throw them out there to block off the Breen's uh, shooting the uh, Cerritos? Yep. Enough, and that way it gave the Cerritos enough time to warp out of there and get out of the way. Would have made a lot or, more or, sense. Or the two or three of them together would have gave the Cerritos a fighting chance because it still had phasers at this point, I think. It could have gave it a chance to actually fight back as opposed to being this little tiny and vulnerable but, but, ship. Right but, you don't, right, but you don't even need to fight back. If they threw a couple of automated ships out there that were freighters, and let the they'll, absorb the imp- they'll absorb the impact so that the Breen are, are confused for at least a, a minute. And while they're confused, they get away. That would have been perfect. I agree. It would have made total sense. And yet they had to do this for so what? I think what Gray is trying to say, people, is Paramount have to be signing both of us up to to write. I mean, I don't like being away <laughs> yeah, from go. I don't like being away from home for too long. And Gray doesn't either. I've got further to travel. But listen, I would take one for the team and fly out to the States for so many months or uh, right. weeks a year. Help out the writing crew. I'm sure Gray will do the same as well. I'll, You're welcome. I'll even work. I'll even work for half the money that the writers are getting now. I will. I'll even work for free. Just put up my hotel and uh, business class flight. So we're we're laughing. Um, but yeah. So we've and had a Star Trek paraphernalia we can sell later. But anyway. Oh yeah, that's true. Well done, Gray. <laughs> well done. Um, so yeah, I mean, let, listen. Because the episode wasn't great, we could have fl- flown through it quicker. But we naturally diverge yeah, as you've established on on this series and because we had to because it wasn't for the sake of it we generally had to have a good moan gurn complain about this uh some of the shit things in it but that's most of the kind of negative stuff out the way it does end pretty cool and shocking and surprising the twist so the twist is coming up the twist is coming up hold on to your your underpants here people so we see all of victoria's interviews she's on starfleet news or whatever it was called you know something cheesy or tacky um Turns out, everyone else, apart from Beckett, was saying negative, silly, stupid, daft things about the Cerritos and its crew and its way of doing things. Beckett was the only one to say nice things. She talks about it being a family. Her mother works there. She loves it. Uh, You see Freeman constantly, Captain Freeman constantly try to get a hold of her daughter, constantly hail, hail, hail. It's going to the futuristic equivalent of voicemail. She can't get through. Uh, Freeman tries to uh, reach Becca on Starbase 80 as well. Um, the whole time she's speaking to the, the Tweedledee <laughs> and Tweedledum from, or the the, the Packleds, as I like to call them, on, they're not Packleds, by the way, people, but they're, they're dumb like them. Uh, there's two control guys there, and they try to get hold of her. But this whole time, there's a couple of random bats because this place yeah, is dingy and dark, like, flying constantly there. flying at the guys, and they're like, God damn it, would you hit the bloody, you know, and then they're saying, you know, she's not hearing him, or where is she? And just as they're about to finish off, the guy's like, would you smack that bat with the broom? Come on, smack it. And he does, but he hits, obviously, the, the comm display, and it goes to black. So I had a chuckle yeah. at that. But now, obviously, we're feeling bad, because Beckett has actually been brilliant, completely against character. She's said the right thing. Freeman's actually turning out to be the unofficial bad guy of this se- this season. 
um, lost, we lose a lot of respect for her there. And she is just left feeling devastated and gutted, like, what have I done? Can't get a hold of her. Where has Beckett gone? Turns out, well, the archaeologist has made a return. The, the, the English-speaking lady, the English-accent lady, sorry, she comes back. Uh, I knew she'd come back. We both called it Grey. Yeah, yeah. We knew she was too good a character to leave and not bring back. Uh, see, this is good writing, guys. Like, this is this is the good writing. You saw... This is the only... This is the only part where the writing yeah, actually made you, sense. It was only at the end. Yeah, you that see, was it. you see a good character that you used before. You knew it, so you let's you, you say to yourself, "Let's keep her and use her again." And you did. So well done. And the twist was genius as well, Gray. I didn't see that coming. Did you see that coming? Mm-hmm. You see no. exactly. We didn't see it coming, and that's good writing again. Um, do more of that, please, guys. Well, the big, the, the biggest thing was uh, I think I didn't mention that she resigns from Starfleet. That's a good point. Yeah, she did actually resign. So that's a good point. I didn't mate. think she would go that far. I thought maybe you know whatever would happen, but she yeah she just flat out resigns. <laughs> she did resign. That's why they can't get hold of her because she's not kept in as prisoner. She's just been sent to Starbase eighty. She wasn't prisoner. She could resign at any time, and that's what she did. She's with the archaeologist on a shuttle. Uh, they're seems happy too. They're, yeah, they're, they're maybe they're going happy. to be a couple. I don't know. They're they're playing captain and first officer, which I found adorable. Uh, the two of them are off on adventures, which I think they would be bloody good at. The, the, that kind of couple. Um, knew she would return. Freeman feels awful of life. She's made a huge mistake. It kind of ends there. It was a brilliant ending, brilliant twist. That's why I give it six out of ten. But obviously, Gray's put five out of ten. I can't say uh, I disagree with you, Gray. You were right. I think it could have been much worse if the funny plot points weren't put in, the, the funny moments, the twists and stuff. That would have brought it down to a four or a three. So, oh, yeah. and if they didn't do all the stuff of getting the ship shot up and introducing this Texas class BS, yeah. it might have been a little higher. Here's the funny thing, though: this episode at the end seemed more like a season ending. It did feel like that, actually, didn't it? To be honest with you, and that would that should have been the season ending. That should have been the cliffhanger. Where, where have we seen that show. before, though? Where have we seen that before? Strange New Worlds, episode nine was actually really the finale with the uh, time crystal thing, and right. then episode ten was very underwhelming because it shouldn't it shouldn't have been the finale. It should have been right, nine. right. Even should though have it was done still that here. episode, they should have switched, flopped them around, or switched them. <laughs> It doesn't. So now we have one more show. I guess it's the tenth is the finale. The finale, and it 10. doesn't bode well for the finale, Gray, does it? Um, oh, so our plans for uh, so we'll do the finale, and then I think the same day, give or take. What's it? The twenty second. Oh, it's, no, it's out in the twenty seventh. So maybe it's a Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. Um, next week you might find that we'll be doing two episodes kind of close to each other, or maybe back to back if we have the time. That will be episode ten of Lord Dex season three and then uh, episode one of prodigy 1.5 as we're calling it but should have just been bloody season know, two they're... that was silly that um but that's our plan but and i think gray and i are looking forward to covering that a bit more because it, it isn't mm-hmm. a comedy but it's more serious proper star trek even though it's a kid's show it's more serious which is ironic yeah. so um but yeah are you sticking five out of ten gray are you after we discuss yeah. it yeah. yeah Okay. Okay. Yeah, not got any lower, any any more than I. I almost wanted to go lower than that with some of the stuff, but that's but you remember the plus points. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'll give it a six out of ten as well. Not amazing, but they can still uh, finish on a high. Uh, we will be back for those two episodes next week. Um, but uh, again, the call to arms: we can do the usual. If you do like this format of video, a cheeky thumbs up would really help this video. And please, if you can subscribe as well. 
um, to show us that you do like the show. Um, and always, always please remember, never be shy to leave comments below if you like something or dislike something because constructive feedback is something we welcome. We don't pretend to be experts at this and we always like to try and improve. Uh, don't forget, Gray will be coming up in two, three weeks. We'll be doing another GGR episode, uh, the general entertainment podcast that Gray heads and I co-host with him. Uh, and don't remember to, uh, please remember that we'll be on all podcasts and platforms for this pod. Um, and we have a Discord, but it's uh, extremepcuk.co.uk. We have an entertainment channel there as well. We speak Star Trek and all kinds of other shenanigans. Uh, but that'll be everything for today, Gray. Thank you for coming along. Uh, until next week, uh, live long and prosper, I guess. Bye. Cheerio. Bye. -bye.